on a mortgage brokering episode 112. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, it's Scott Peckford. Today on the show, I have a dynamic duo, Jackie Harris and Heather Manna of MMG Mortgages in Calgary. They've both been in the mortgage business for a long time, and I interviewed both of them at the same time. We shared lots of cool things. One of the things I thought was great was they shared some advice on negotiating a lease for a commercial space. If you're thinking about getting space, you really need to listen to what they have to say. They also share their experience using leads from Boomtown and Commission Inc. They've had some realtor partners that have said, hey, we can send you hundreds of leads. They share their exact results from it and they share what you should say to the, if this is a really good referral partner and you don't want to burn your relationship, they share some ideas on how to handle that conversation without kind of losing that referral partner. An awesome quote that they had said to me was, I'd rather turn you down than let you down. And I think that's a fantastic philosophy. Just say no instead of making somebody frustrated. So check out this interview. And this episode is sponsored by the career section of the I Love Mortgage Brokering page. The career section allows brokers who are trying to decide where they're hanging their license to connect with brokerages that are hiring. It's like a dating service for brokers and owners. If you're looking, want to look at your options, go to the page. You can put in your postal code and you compare things like company size. Do they have office space? Which lenders do they have status with, etc. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash careers to find your perfect match. And check out this interview with Jackie and Heather. I think you're going to love it. Hey, welcome, Heather and Jackie. Hi. So hey, you guys are a team. You're based out of Calgary. And I just would, would you guys let me know how you guys got into the business and then how you teamed up? Because you're one of the few true kind of partnerships that I've come across. There's a few, but it seems like in our business that we're a lot of lone wolves and partnerships are can be challenging. So can you just tell me about how you guys got in and then how you kind of found each other? So Jackie and I, we've known each other for almost 30 years. We grew up together, been friends for a super long time. So I started in the IS mortgage world about a dozen years ago and Jackie about seven years ago. We started at a large bank and then from there we transitioned into the broker world. So Jackie and I both were at the bank and then we both went into brokering at a different firm and then together we started our company. So for us, it was just a a natural transition. We had the same values as a partnership. So for us, it was good to, to work together. Jackie has certain strengths that I don't and vice versa. And you asked about our actual partnership, how we work together and, and really the way that it works for us is that a hundred percent of our business is shared It really all goes into a pool. We have a limited company that everything goes into and flows to, and we pay ourselves from there. So it really is a true partnership, not just the income, but the way that we handle all of our real estate partners, our builders, our referral sources, and our clients, and the team that we've got working under us as well. So if somebody, let's say it's a realtor that works with one of you and the other one's away, does the other person just pick it up seamlessly? Like there's no like, oh, wait, I got to wait for, you know, Heather or Jackie to get back. We literally know all of our, I know 100% of Jackie's contacts and she knows 100% of mine. It, it That's kind of the nice thing is that half the time when a referral comes through, say from a realtor, for instance, they'll send it to both of us. So it comes to an email through both of us or it comes to a group chat that we've got with the realtors or builders. So we literally know all of each other's business contacts. And if it comes from maybe a client that we don't know directly, it's easy because we've got access to each other's emails and database. Right. That's good. And then, so how long have you guys been working like this together? Like Heather said, we started at the bank together, moved on the broker side together, but officially as partners, I guess it's been about four years. So yeah, I mean, we've definitely worked out any of the kind of kinks that you have starting up a partnership and kind of who does what, you know, definitely a division of duties is important, right? So that we're not stepping on each other's toes. 
so yeah, I would say it's it's just about four years here. And then you also have subbrokers. So how do they fit into your overall business? When we started our own company, I think we knew that we would want to bring on brokers. How many? I don't know if we necessarily had a plan for that, right? But I think one of the biggest things for us is that when we started in this business, I mean, it's a huge learning curve, right? Even coming from a bank and working on mortgages on that side, it's definitely a big step to go to the broker side. So I think for us, it came more from a place of, you know what, I wish somebody had been there to tell me, don't do this, do this, et cetera, right? So adding the brokers was kind of a natural step for us. Having Heather and I both handling them, some of them respond better to myself or to Heather. So it gives them the option. They can come to either one of us for help, advice, any kind of business planning stuff, right? Right. And I guess my question was going to be about mentoring. So who mentors the sub brokers specifically? Is it just kind of a team effort or do you pick three and Jackie picks three or how does that work? No, I mean, it's really both of us, right? So, you know, sometimes if brokers have an urgent question, they'll reach out to both of us and whoever gets there first will handle it, right? Or, or like I said, some of the brokers prefer one of us over the other. It may just be a personality thing, right? Oh, I like, you know, I like what Heather said about this. I'm going to call her and ask her. So it really gives them the option. They can really get a hold of either one of us. That's cool. I, I think it's a great concept. It would be awesome to see it more, like more brokers do this, but... So one of the things I noticed talking to successful brokers or teams, like in your guys' case, is that they have a quote or some kind of mantra that they live by. Can you guys share a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Yeah, for sure. I definitely can. I mean, we have, there's a couple right now, and one of them's kind of, you know, based on our specific economy here in Alberta, but kind of the main one that Heather and I, you know, will say is I'd rather turn you down than let you down. You know, definitely in this business where, you know, we're all driven commission sales, you know, you want to, you want to do every deal, you don't want to turn away any deals. But I mean, the the problem with that is that you don't want to let people down, right, especially your referral sources. So there'll be times when, you know, we're both just signed with business and, you know, and we'll have a new deal come in and it's a rush. And, you know, we have to tell clients, you know, listen, this is my capacity right now. And, and also tell a referral source, our realtor, our builder, if you can extend possession or extend your condition date, then we can definitely help you. Otherwise, we're happy to refer you off to somebody, whether it's one of the brokers on our team, et cetera, right? So that's kind of one of our, our biggest kind of mottos to live by, that we want to be able to set realistic expectations with our clients and realtors, right? There's nothing worse than saying, you know, yeah, I'll help you with this purchase and then fall short on being able to make it happen for the clients, right? So That's, that's awesome. I have never heard that before. Is that just something you guys say internally i can't imagine that's like on a bumper sticker or something i'd rather turn you down than let you down like on the back of your um, car like what you know it's definitely something a way i've always felt but it, it you know i heard heather say it very early on working with her and it's something that really stuck i think for us because our kind of reputation for being able to make sure clients are happy and serviced well and, and etc is definitely more important to us than having to turn away a deal here and there right Mm-hmm. I really like that. So give me an example. I'm a realtor and I've got a file for you and you guys know you can't handle What do you say to me to, to so that you don't, you know, kind of burn the relationship, but you set realistic expectations? Well, I mean, definitely we would always try and find a way to make it work, right? I mean, if they said, okay, I have this, this happens all the time. We all see this, right? Realtor calls you and says, hey, my client went to their bank. Condition date is today. And the bank's now saying that they can't do something for them. Can you help me? right? There are scenarios where we can say, yes, you know what, I can try and slam something through. But for the most part, we'll just say, okay, you know what, let me call the client. Let's see what we can do. Can you extend the possession date? If none of that works, then it's really a situation where we say, you know what, like based on the timelines you've given, I cannot get you the answer that you need. 
right? So either you're going to have to extend the condition date or the, we're going to have to have them go back to their bank. And there's definitely been scenarios where I've said, you know what? Okay, what's the bank saying? And I've actually walked the client through, okay, tell them to try this or this. You know, really, we just want to be able to get the deal done for the real term for the client. I mean, you know, we're not saints. Of course, of course, we want the business, right? We, we want the commission on our end. But at the end of the day, you know, we want a referral source to appreciate our service. So there's definitely been times where I've sent clients back to their bank and said, you know, listen, if this was their concern, tell them to try this and the deal's gotten done because I know that I just can't do it on the timeline, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. I've had times, situations where a client comes and we've got lease land here in Kelowna and some leases in particular, there's only a few lenders or one lender that'll do it, but we can't access them through the broker channel. So we just walk them across the street and say, you know, here's where you need to go. I want to tell the realtor, we want you to get your, you know, house sold or purchased, but we, we're not the person to do it. Exactly. And, and ultimately, that's the goal, right, is servicing those re referral sources. And sometimes it doesn't end up in a deal for us. But you better believe on those ones where the realtor knows you sent the client away, but got it done for them. They're going to be sending the next client, right? Right. And you just I like to remind them, just call us first. That's like the and we'll navigate them to where they need to go, even if it's not us. Well, exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay, so I want to ask about failure. Now, obviously, successful mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, failure happens, but it's never fatal. And there's always a lesson in it. Can you share an example of something you failed at? And then looking back, the lesson you learned? This was a tough one for us. We really actually had to had to think about this question quite a bit. And honestly speaking, I, I don't know that we we really look look at we that the fact that we really had any failures in our company, because I think it all comes down to to trial and error. So a failure is only only that if you don't learn from it and take an opportunity to evolve, right? So in different circumstances, whether maybe we couldn't get the deal done, maybe we maybe we lost a referral source, maybe there were certain aspects of their business such as as not hiring a broker that we really wanted to get. I don't, and I think I'm speaking for Jackie and I both here when we say that we don't really look at that as as failures, but we sit back and say what could we have done differently to get that get that deal or get that broker in the future and maybe it comes down to us transitioning our marketing or maybe we have to look at different kinds of incentives but it's it's all a learning curve and it's all trial and error so i can't really say that we've had a, a quote unquote failure can you think of something I, I agree with you i don't think it's ever sort of it's not you're not oh my gosh this was awful it's like okay what did i learn and, and i always ask myself what was great about this or what's great about this situation so can you think of an example, though, of something specifically that was a learning opportunity for you? Sure. Um, I mean, actually, more recently, a, a good learning opportunity for us, this might be a little bit different for uh, for other brokers, but we operate a storefront location. And that's and, and I think it comes down to hiring certain professionals who know what they're doing in certain aspects of of each market or each industry. So for Jackie and I, you know, we, we went in and we found a storefront location and we negotiated the lease on, on our own behalf and we were operating a great storefront location and we we've recently moved, but the storefront that we were originally working in, I think if we would have known better, we would have hired um, a professional to negotiate the lease for us on the storefront because when it came down to it, when we wanted to get out of the lease, because there was a lot of construction that was happening on the storefront that we would not be able to access our location. We didn't actually have any clauses in there, or I should say specific clauses that we could have gotten out. So that was a huge learning curve for us. And anybody looking to operate a storefront location, the best thing I can say is have a lawyer review the contract, 
have a commercial agent review the contract. Don't think that you can do it all yourself. Every lease is different. There's so much that we could have put in our lease that we didn't know before. We thought that maybe negotiating a commercial lease was as, you know, maybe we were naive in thinking that it was similar to a residential lease and it's a whole other, it's a whole other animal. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, more, I think, zoned towards people who are operating storefront locations. Right. That's actually a really good point. Even when you think about as a mortgage broker, part of what we do is negotiate with the different institutions and being a professional, we know the questions to ask, but you're right. I don't have a clue how to negotiate a commercial lease. So we have to totally willing to bring on professionals to help us and get that advice. Yeah. If we knew then what we know now, we would have had our lease probably would have been about another 20 pages long and our landlord would have likely accepted all of those terms. Right. So thankfully we did end up getting out on a you know good term and everything's okay there. And we went to a, a different location now, but again, it's, and, and it's just like our industry with mortgage brokering and with realtors. It's when someone says to me, I want to do a private, a private purchase, my friend's property or my neighbor's home. And they don't want to use a realtor at the end of the day you're going to get what you pay for and if you use a professional it's the best thing that you can do no matter what you're looking at Mm -hmm. i totally agree so i want to switch gears and ask about systems and processes i know that successful brokers don't just show up and hope for the best they always have a system and a process and i want to ask about specifically administrative process so can you share something that maybe you guys were doing an administrative process that wasn't working and then a change you made and the outcome that you got Yeah, I mean, I can definitely talk about that. So, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that we've done and we've changed over the last couple of years has been our tracking process and our client database. And I think that, you know, a lot of brokers definitely have a good system in place and they know the importance of it. But I think that it's something that is kind of ever evolving and we need to stay on top of it, right? Because, I mean, our database is really our lifeline of kind of our business, right? And kind of knowing how to work our database and keep them updated, right? So, For us, it's been kind of coming up with different ways and finding the best ways to keep that client database, right? So we have a client database right now. It's through Morris Marketing. That's something that we've set up over the last couple of years and we've really been focusing on and we have one of our admin girls kind of keeping that up to date. So having that has been huge for us, right? It's been a huge source of business for us. You know, when the market changes or there's rate specials or things like that. We need to let those people know. And not just for referrals. People think it's just for referrals, right? Or for renewals. So I think that that's been a huge thing for us is really focusing on that database and making it a priority. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things are you doing to stay in touch with your past clients or to stay top of mind? What specific things, I guess? I like, like, you know, really as specific as possible. So, I mean, obviously renewals is the number one thing, right? And that's the number one reason I think that people would have a database. So that's the first one, obviously renewals, getting in touch with them before the bank gets in touch with them. On a more kind of regular basis, we send out birthday cards to our clients. You know, it's always nice to get something on your birthday. But we also send out if there's any kind of special rates or special promotions happening, we'll send them out just kind of a heads up on that. If there's any big changes, like with the down payment change, we let clients know about that if they're purchasing other property, et cetera. And also we send out monthly newsletters, general stuff, what's happening in the market, what's happening with values in Calgary, that type of thing, right? I mean, we we don't want to spam our clients by any means, but it's just a way to kind of keep top of mind with them, right? Mm -hmm. And so who does the birthday cards for you? Support staff. So they handle that, right? So whenever deals close, we send out thank you cards to our clients. Sometimes a gift certificate just depends on, on the client and the deal. And then they will enter in the renewal date and then also the birthdays, right? And as those come up, we have reminders through our system that say, okay, these are the birthdays this month. And then she'll handle getting those birthday cards out to the clients. 
Right. And then you're you do a monthly newsletter. And then what about do you guys phone your database or is there any other sort of contacts that you do? You know, depending on the situation, I mean, sometimes we'll have clients that we think of if a realtor comes to us and says, hey, I've got this great investment opportunity and and we'll think, okay, you know, I'm going to call this past client. But as a regular thing, it's not something that, that we do on a regular basis is, is phoning past clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I want to ask about a marketing system or process or a sales system or process that maybe you guys were using that wasn't working as well as you'd like and the change that you made. Right. So, I mean, I definitely think that print advertising is something that, that we don't do a lot of. We've both done some of it in the past. And as everybody knows, it can be quite costly, right? And time consuming. And to be honest, we haven't really found the return on investment on any of the kind of print advertising that we've done, right? Or mail drops. You know, occasionally we will partner with one of our referral sources, a builder, a realtor, et cetera, for a big mail drop. And to be honest, we're not expecting a huge amount of return from it because we know our experience with that. But it's more of a partnership thing, right? You know what? Yeah, we'll share the cost with you. We'll put our, you know, our, our information on there and, and we'll help you get these out. But definitely the print advertising and the mail drops from our experience have not been a, you know, a very good return on investment. For us, we would rather put those funds into servicing our referral partners, whether it's helping them do some advertising for a new show home or that type of thing, right? We find you know, a far better return on investment when we're kind of investing in our partners or giving back to our partners than, than doing you know, straight up you know, mail drops. I can add to yeah. that a little bit too. Just thinking back to some of the some of the items that say, for instance, I'm sure we've all had this as a broker, but a lot of our, our realtors, for instance, they'll often want to try certain things online. So not necessarily Google AdWords, but we've had a couple of our realtors approach us and say, there's lead generation things online and through MLS. And if you partner with us, you know, it'll cost you say 1500 a month or 2500 a month. And then we'll send you all of our qualified leads to get our clients pre-approved that come from say the realtors websites. So we get approached for this on a quite regular basis from our realtors. And it's tough because if we say no to the realtors request, then they're going to go find another mortgage broker who will say yes. And so that's, that's a tough one for us, but we've definitely tried depending on the realtor and we have not had success with that. So the big thing for us is that when we agree to partner with some of our, our realtors for them doing lead generation sites, what we've said is, you know what, we'll do it on a trial basis. So we'll commit to say three months or six months maximum. And if we get X amount of leads, we'll continue. So it's setting the expectations up front to our partners because there's nothing worse than us as the broker committing to partnering with them on the lead generation where they have to commit to say a 12 month period. And then, you know, we try it for a couple months and it's terrible. And then we pull out and leave them high and dry because all that does is that just strains the relationship that we have with our realtors. So if we do agree to do it, we agree on a short time only. And if it doesn't work, then we can pull it out. But that expectation was set up up front. And to be quite honest, we've in the last few years, we've agreed to do it to partner with certain realtors on these lead generation sites three separate times with three separate sites. And I think maybe one lead materialized. So that for us is there's no value added there. But it, again, it's tough because if we say no to our realtors, they're going to go find another broker that will say yes. Yeah. And so are these like Boomtown leads or Commission Inc or something? Exactly. Yeah. Boomtown was one of them, actually. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you've had success with that, but it, it wasn't something that we've had success with. 
Yeah, I've had a couple teams actually approach me even just in the last couple of weeks about Boomtown, and it sounds like it's they, the way that these websites are engineered. They generate a lot of leads, but I think they're low commitment, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think there's a small percentage of brokers who can do build a business around that and be successful, but you have to be a grinder and willing to pick up the phone and just get twenty no's to get a yes and. And yeah, and the problem is you have to literally be available. And so the minute that lead comes in, you have to be on them right away within minutes. That's kind of the the big success is that because I mean, we all know that if the longer it takes you get back to a a hot buyer, the colder it's going to get right that lead. So the problem is if you're a busy broker, and if you're in meetings, and you're not getting back to those clients within literally a few minutes, that will be the end all do all for your for your leads, right? And you don't want to have an admin staff take those leads, in my opinion, because admin staff is just that. They're admin staff. They don't necessarily know how to how to pick up the phone properly or sell that client, in my opinion. Right. So when you did this, just out of curiosity, because I know that I'm sure there's other brokers that are going to say, yeah, I've heard about this. How many months total, the three times, were you guys committing to? Which I think is a brilliant idea, by the way. Don't commit to 12 months on something that may or may not work. But yeah. what were the timelines that you did? So Boomtown, we did four months. And it was with a, a Remax team and we actually had it, and this was a few years ago and we had it, we, we had set that expectation up front and it was four months. And I think the financial contribution that we agreed on was 2000 a month. So it, it wasn't huge, but it's also 2000 a month that could go to something else that could generate more business. But we actually had a dedicated mortgage rep that was in charge of all the Boomtown leads and nothing came from it in the entire four months. The second one, I, I apologize, I can't remember the site, but it was a three-month lead system, no leads. The latest one that we did was with another Remax team. This was middle of last year and it was actually their only generation system that they developed. And Jackie, do you remember, was that four months that we committed? Yeah, I think it was four months. It was four months. And what we had done is we'd also put it out to to our sub brokers because we thought it would be something that could be fantastic for them, you know, if they're really wanting to increase their business too. So for instance, the realtor asked us in this case, they said it's 2,800 a month, I believe, or 2,500. So what we did is we had said, okay, team to our sub brokers, if you guys want to be part of this, we'll rotate the leads as they come in. And each one of our sub brokers can put money towards that cost. And uh, I think there was one that was interested in doing it for a month. And this is the one that we did get one lead from, but it wasn't enough to to sustain it as a as a good investment. Right. And but the realtors, do they do the, are they getting success from it? So these teams that are running this, are you are they re-signing a year later or is it just something they try and then they they bail on? So I know with Boomtown, the agents had to commit to an 18 month period, like a, a, a period and they had to pay a substantial deposit up front. They did not renew after the 18 months. So I don't know what their total referrals were. I, I don't know what they ended up transitioning into actual sales. But I know that it took a lot of time and energy for the 18 months that they committed and a lot of money and and clearly it didn't go as they had planned or they would have renewed it. Jackie, do you remember what the last one, the one that we had done in like summer of last year, do you you know, did they get many leads from that? Did they ever tell us what? I mean, I think think they had a few solid clients come out of it. But again, it was something that they were disappointed in. I mean, the, the quality of leads that it, that they generate are, you know, typically not great. So I know that they they weren't going to continue with it either. Right. Okay. That's that's well, thank you for kind of opening the hood on that because it's something that we've been exploring, but I have not heard anybody say, yes, it's awesome. So just out of curiosity, one last question on this, you said you put somebody at that one point, you had somebody whose job was to just handle these leads. 
how many leads were they handling in that period when you had someone kind of dedicated to it? So this was this that particular trial was Boomtown, and I would say it was about, gosh, on an average day, it was probably about twenty to thirty leads a day that you're having to call and follow up on. But the problem is a lot of the leads would come in, you know, in the evenings or say when someone's at home from work or after dinner at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, right? So it, it, it's tough because you have to have somebody that's that's really dedicated to be doing this and not just an admin staff, like I was saying, who's in the office maybe 9 to 5, right? So you were getting 20 to 30 leads a day, but in the end, and you put somebody on that and it still wasn't worth it. It was not, unfortunately, no. And, and you know, it's funny because we went into that one more positively because it was the first one that we had done. And we had watched the videos because Boomtown sends out a ton of marketing information about how to be successful, watch the videos, follow all of our steps. So we we followed it to a T. And the thing is, Boomtown's actually originated from the States. So this is maybe something that works really well there. It wasn't something that worked fantastic for us here, even though we followed the program to a T. Right. Well, That's- you have to, like you ha- you have to think too. Like when these leads come through, I don't know if you've ever seen the kind of leads that come through off these systems. So say say you have twenty in a day. That was kind of what we've seen on these various systems: twenty to twenty five a day. So you have to take out five of them for sure. Have are kind of like spam, right? Like they're they don't have a full email address, or they don't have, or it's a wrong phone number. So there's five that are just gone, right? There's going to be like another five that will never return your phone call, or never never return your email, right? So you really get down to maybe one, two, three leads that are real good leads kind of that come out of it, right? So, you know, when you say kind of 20, 25 a day, that number is actually significantly smaller, right? But at the same time, you also have to, the the time that it takes to manage that, because with the Boomtown site, you're also having to communicate back on every single lead to the realtors, to the other side, Mm -hmm. so that they know how many, and and you're supposed to do three touches per lead, right? So that's that's what they say is going to be the the recipe for success. So you're, like Jackie's saying, you're supposed to take out the, 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 the poor leads or the ones that are spam and then really focus on the good ones. But then you're supposed to do three touches. So you call, you email, then you wait 24 hours, you do it again and so forth. At the same time, you've got to update the system and the site to keep the realtor in the know of everything. And at the same time, the realtor is also doing their touches. So, you know, if you've got a client who just filled something in online just so that they could get, say, the square footage of a property they found listed, and then all of a sudden they're getting calls from prospective home inspectors, brokers, and realtors, you could think like, holy smokes, right? Did I sign up for this, right? Right. As the end user, you got to always think of what what the end user is going to feel like and how would you, would you be, you know, want to be called by three people? just because you're trying to find yeah. square footage. Yeah, so it's it's the, hmm. the toughest thing for us with that was if you say no to the realtor who's a dead set on these lead generation sites, they will go and find another mortgage broker who will say yes. So that was the toughest thing for us. And that's why we knew half the time that it would probably not materialize. But you want to say that you'll do it for three months just to see because you're supporting your referral source. But you know, if you set that expectation up front that it's a certain period of time only, that's, in my opinion, the best advice we could give. Right. That's This is awesome. It's really good. Okay. I want to ask you guys about diversifying income. So I noticed that a lot of mortgage brokers I talk to, some say, yes, you should be cross-selling insurance and other products. Some say, no, just stick to brokering. What's your guys' take on that? Our main focus will always be mortgages, right? Like that's our knowledge base. That's what we focus on with our clients, right? 
I mean, we definitely talk to our clients about insurance needs and that type of thing, because of course that's important when people are purchasing additional properties or, you know, buying investment properties or whatever. But for us, it's really a referral off to our, our kind of industry partners, right? I mean, selling, selling insurance is, is not what we do. Right. And I mean, there may be other mortgage brokers that are quite knowledgeable in that, or maybe they're licensed or whatever. Right. But for us, it, it's never really been a focus and I can't see it necessarily ever being a focus. Our role is to say, listen, you know, do you want to talk to our partner about, about your insurance needs? It's a good time to do it now. Right. So within Qantas, they, they do have insurance agents. So it's an easy referral for us. But I mean, as far as us handling it, I mean, it's, it, it's really not a knowledge base for us. Right. So, you know, we offer the opportunity for them to speak with somebody. Right. Well, there does seem to be, it's enough to just keep up on all the mortgage changes and the guidelines and to add another whole industry is a, would be a big task. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're going to stay up to date on anything, it's going to be mortgages, right? It's not going to be, you know, okay, where should clients go for, you know, the best, you know, home insurance or life insurance or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, you, you got to, for us, it's focusing on, this is our industry. This is what we're knowledgeable in. This is what we're experts in. And the rest, you know, it's making sure that you have in your back pocket these industry professionals in the other areas, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. What's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think seeing deals and clients as simply transactional and not long-term relationships. Right, that's good. And what one thing or habit thinks made you guys successful? I mean, we had kind of touched on this before. I would say doing what's in the best interest of the client, even if it means losing the deal. Right. I'd rather turn you down than let you down. I might put yeah. that on the wall in my office. I think it's a, Boom. It's, it's, it's awesome. And do you guys have an internet resource or software program you use to make running your business more successful? Yes, exact contact. It's fantastic for us. It's cheap. It's about 50 bucks a month. And that is probably the best CRM that we could have invested in. Okay, cool. And then what about you guys have a book you could recommend? Maybe both of you could give me your best favorite book. So one of the ones we had here was Boundaries for Leaders by Dr. Henry Cloud. So it's just um, good, uh, you know, leadership results and that type of thing. The other one would have been a, a book. It's uh, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. And it's by Daniel Pink. That is if you've got a, a team that works underneath you, whether they're admin staff, sub brokers, for us, that was a big one because certain things that you'd think might be simple, for instance, money, money is not a motivator for every single person. So that was a pretty insightful book. Yeah, there's a great video online that where Daniel Pink is talking. It's about 10 minutes and it explains the truth about what motivates us. And it's really well done. Yeah, um, I've seen that. It's great. Mm-hmm. We'll put in the link in the show notes so people, if they haven't seen it, should check it out. So where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? We think that clients are going more towards the brokers than to the traditional banks. So people are becoming smarter. They're shopping around. Realtors are referring more to brokers and less to banks now that they they are getting a little bit more confidence in that, you know, our industry brokers were, were licensed, were knowledgeable. We're not just your fly-by-night broker who does a deal a month. So I think there's just industry confidence in brokers. I, I do think that year by year, we'll see the statistics go up and hopefully we'll catch up to the states where over 85% of buyers or people looking to get a mortgage, they go to a broker before a bank. So I know this is a bit of a controversial topic, but I I do think that a few years ago, clients were really looking at a lot of the online sites for the best rates, for instance, Rate Hub, Rate Supermarket. And, And I know a lot of the feedback that we've heard from clients is that they'll call, they'll look online, they'll find the best rate, but they're not told about a lot of the restrictions that are tied to those low rate mortgages that are advertised. And 
I don't want to I don't want to lump all of those lenders or brokers together who are advertising the low rates and not commenting on the restrictions, but realtors are becoming so much more knowledgeable about mortgages with restrictions and they're educating their clients. So that's a really big opportunity and a big thing for us when the client comes in the door. Yes, clients are getting smarter. Yes, clients want the best rate, but they want the knowledge. So they really want to know what that best rate entails. And I'm finding half the time they'd rather pay 0.05 more to have a non-restricted mortgage. So I do think that to answer, really answer your question, I think that those, a lot of those sites, like say the rate hub, the rate supermarket or the lenders offering those bare bottom rates, I think people are becoming smarter. And I think those sites will become less popular over the course of the upcoming years. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So this is the last question. One of my favorites, remember the movie back to the future. Mm -hmm. And so there's the car, the DeLorean. So if I could put you both in the car, this is the first time ever two people in the car and you go back to sit down when you guys partnered up, that's where I would go back to and. What advice would you give yourselves to have like a bigger, better business today? Well, I mean, definitely, as we kind of talked about before, this like the CRM database, having your client database, neither one of us had a database from day one. And I'm talking like back to our days at the bank, right? So Heather, this would have been 12 years ago, myself about seven. I don't have a database, neither does Heather from day one. So that would be the number one thing that we would go back and do is have a database from the very first day we started, right? So that's, that's definitely a huge thing for us. When we, when we both started too, like websites and the online applications and stuff were just becoming popular. So, I mean, that's another thing to become more active in social media earlier, earlier than what we did. Right. Cause I think obviously when we started, that wasn't applicable, but as it started to, you know, people started to have Facebook and these kind of things, I think it took businesses and ourselves as well, a lot longer to kind of get on the bandwagon of like, Hey, this is a way for us to reach clients. Right. And I mean, maybe one other thing would be you know, learning to use support staff more, you know, uh, effectively, right? You know, that's something that we've kind of learned with time, right? Is, okay, you know, what do these admin staff look like? Who do we need? How many do we need? That type of thing, right? Right, that's really good. So CRM, a lot of people say that's one of the things that they, you know, should start sooner, get better at, get you know, using the online apps and getting into social media. And then the last one would just be relying on your team or building a team if you're, uh, yeah. when you get to that stage. Exactly. That's really good. So where can people find you guys online? MMGmortgages.com is our website or on Facebook uh, or on Google Plus. And are you guys hiring at all? You said you had six people that work with you. Are you looking for anybody new? I mean, we're definitely always looking to add brokers. I mean, it's not something that we're not looking to have an enormous team, right? Bring people on. A lot of it has to do with, are they a good fit with us and with the rest of our team? So yeah, I mean, we're definitely always looking for, for people to join our team. Awesome. So anybody listening to this, they can find links and show notes to you guys and your team. I really appreciate it. Your, what you guys shared about the Boomtown stuff is like, it's money. I think you're going to save a whole bunch of headache for people. And I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys continue to crush your business. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much. Scott. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning into the I Love Mortgage Brokering Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Also, if you take two minutes to rate the show, you will get three new deals before the end of the week. How do I know this? Actually, I don't know, but we'd really appreciate if you took some time to write an honest review. It would help us out a lot. Also, if you go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, you can join our VIP club for mortgage brokers, and we send tips and tricks, stuff that doesn't get shared on the show. Sometimes some of the best ideas come when the recorder's turned off. If you want to get access to that stuff, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP and get on the list.